Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You're not too old, doesn't matter how old. You're not too bad. Doesn't matter what you've done. When Jesus came, he offered salvation to everybody. And by the way, we're already taken care of. You're not too good. That's impossible. So think about this. The wages, my sin, will separate me from God forever. God doesn't want that. That's why in love, he sent Jesus. He didn't send the world, Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus Christ. God knew that man would have a problem with sin. He knew that our sin problem would cause a separation with him. So Pastor Mark tells us that the solution to this separation was Jesus. God sent Jesus to earth to reconcile that relationship with us. Jesus was God with skin on. Man did not have a solution for sin because sin always separates us from a holy God. Jesus became the only way that sinners, people like you and I, could go to heaven. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Isaiah with his continuing study entitled, God With Us. How do we do life right? There's really only one way. And Jesus said it like this. Watch me. Here in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian, Orlando, watch me. As Jesus began to do life, and, and he was blessed, and he was so powerful, and he touched so many people's lives, the disciples kind of were watching. Oh, what's the deal here? What's the connection between God and Jesus? And here was the connection. When Jesus came to earth, even though he was God, he acted 100% dependent on God. He didn't live independent from God. In fact, Jesus says it like this in John 5.19. So Jesus explained, because they were confused, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus came and he was dependent on God. Jesus knew that sinful man is I selfish, I boss. But Jesus knew there was only one boss, and that was God. So as he began to walk with the disciples, he made it personal. He didn't just say, here's the rules, do life. He made this great statement. He said, come. And follow me. Watch my example. Here at Calvary Chapel, we don't use the term Christian too much anymore. It's a great term, but pretty much everybody in America thinks they're a Christian. So we use the term Christ follower. 
I'm actually following him today. Oh, I'm going by the manual, but I have a personal relationship. You see, because God is with us. Well, as that began to happen, it caused confusion with people in the world because they were never following God. They were just living life together. But here's the principle you need to understand. This is what Jesus was saying. He was saying to these people, God wants to do life with you. And I want to say to you tonight, God wants to do life with you. And it really doesn't get any better than that because people cannot live successfully without God. You can't do it. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care your education. I don't care the buildings you own. I don't care all. Impossible to do life successfully without God. One time a prophet in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, made this statement. Listen to it. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. You see, people were made to be dependent on God. That's not a bad thing. I mean, how about being dependent on all-knowing, all-powerful God? I'll go for it. How about you? You see, we think that's wrong. No, that's right. I need direction and help and comfort. So Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll find that my direction, my wisdom, the way I deal with people, how I do everyday life comes from the Father. That's exactly what you need. That's exactly what I need. Now, to do that, you have to understand, without God, life is boring. It's a treadmill going nowhere. Some of you are on that tonight. Without life, God has, well, God doesn't allow purpose to come to us. There's no fulfillment. It's meaningless. It doesn't matter how busy you are. When it's quiet, it's empty. That's why people crying out, confused, because they're trying to do life alone. But when we do life with God, that brings purpose and fulfillment and meaning. And Jesus Christ came to show us that God is for us and he wants to do life with us. So we're going to practice again. But this time you're going to practice with a neighbor on the other side of you. Now, let me put it on the overhead before you say it. I want, I want to make a little, a little zip to you. What if I said this tonight? I, I'm practicing. I'll be you. God is for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, when you see the big letter for and the big letter, big words, block letters, for and with, that means God is for us. So let's see if we can do it right on all the campuses. So kill your neighbor's ear. Here we go. One, two, three. God is and you got it. If some of you learn nothing else tonight, you've learned that God's not against you. God so loved the world. Then he sent his son. His son put skin on to be the third point. Here it is. Jesus came to save us. We already heard the prophecy. We already knew what his name meant. We already knew what his mission was. Here it is in Matthew one twenty one. You see it. And she, Mary, will have a son. And, and well, you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, God knew that people were far from God. They were lost. They didn't know what to do. God knew every person was a sinner without a solution. God knew that every single person needed to be saved from their sin because he looked down and people were empty and lonely and guilty and afraid of death. So in love, God gave us a solution. The solution to man's greatest problem 
was Jesus Christ. What do you think your greatest problem is tonight? You'd be surprised. The greatest problem of man is forgiveness. Is forgiveness. And here's why it's the greatest problem. You'll see in a moment. We're body, soul, and spirit. The real you is not what you pinch or what you put your makeup on tonight or whatever. The real you is your spirit. You will live somewhere forever. And so God knew that man didn't have a solution for sin because sin always separates from a holy God. When you were born, you were born a sinner. I sin by nature and by practice. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, out of the garden, separated from the holy God. But remember what happened in the garden? First person looking for Adam and Eve, God. He wasn't against them. He was for them. So we all have a sin problem. And I, my greatest need is, is forgiveness. The world doesn't know how to get it. Now, this is where man's greatest need is forgiveness. And this is where the greatest confusion in all the world comes. There are only two ways to approach a holy God. There's only two ways to approach a holy God. You can take all the religions of the world, every single religion, doesn't matter. Take every single religion of the world and they fall into two categories and they're represented by the two signs. I'm going to give both of them to you. The first category is man's good works. Every religion in the world, and the Linda and I have been to like 65 countries, every religion in the world except for Christianity, this is how they operate. This is how you please God. This is how you get to heaven. This is how you get to enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. This is how man doing enough good works to earn salvation. Every single world religion other than Christianity is that basis. So understand what that means. This is where a person can earn their own salvation. Everyone strives to be good enough. Their salvation comes by doing good things. Now, there's a problem. How good do you have to be? You see, is God great on the curve? Whoa. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope he does, and I hope you're worse than I am. Right now, that's what you're going to say. But God doesn't grade on the curve. But no man, no woman can ever get into heaven by being good enough. But I'll make one statement, which will confuse you now. So listen. If you're good enough, you could get into heaven. Pastor Mark, you just said nobody could. I said, well, if you're good enough, you could. Well, how good is good enough? Jesus said it. Be perfect as I'm perfect. Any takers? I'm waiting. Not a chance. You, you can't be good enough. Why? Because I was born with a sin nature. So it's absolutely impossible. Not too long ago, maybe three, four, five years ago, we did a survey in Brevard County. We had the people go out and actually take their friends, neighbors, co-workers and say to them this, when you die and go to heaven, we just said to, the, to make it pleasant for them when you go to heaven, why will you go to heaven? The overwhelming answer was, I'm a good person. So the question is, how good is good? How good is good enough? I want you to think about this and put it in your mind. Don't ever forget it. That's terrible theology. Look at this next statement. 
This is 100% wrong belief. Good people go to heaven? Absolutely not. Zero. There are no good people. That doesn't mean we're bad. It just means there's no perfect people. You will never get to heaven by good works. It's absolutely impossible. But every religion in the world says, this is how... I've been in Mexico and watched the the older ladies crawl on their knees, bloody, to get to a shrine. They met really well. But they'll never get there through that. So, Pastor Mark, you, you said there's only two ways to approach God. Yeah, that's one. And every religion in the world tries it, but doesn't work. Well, what's the other one? Well, it isn't really a religion. It's a relationship. It's this one. It's Jesus, God's free gift. You see, if I could be good enough, why did Jesus come? What a waste. Jesus came because you and I couldn't fix our sin problem. You can't fix it tonight. So it's not about what we do for God. It's about what God has already done for us. Jesus Christ came to the earth, put skin on, lived for 33 years, a perfect sinless life, and he died as our substitute on the cross. You see, none of us deserved it. I didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It's all about grace. And grace simply reminds me that God is not against me. He's for me. So the Bible says it like this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world, that we might have eternal life through him. This is the real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So the Bible clears up all the confusion. That's why Jesus came. No more good works. I'll do the good work. Salvation and forgiveness is an absolutely free gift from God. But we have one responsibility. This is the responsibility that's seen by one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Look at it. It's right there. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, if I don't take care of my sin problem, here's what's going to happen. When I die, and the death it's talking about is not physical death, because everybody's going to die. It's talking about spiritual death, separated from God. And I think about this a lot as I see families, because normally our kids are in the kids' ministry, but I see all these families. I see grandparents and Christmas tree pictures and just awesome. Those of you that are older and you've been in religion all your life, you're going to go to heaven? You're going to be with your kids? You know, sometimes kids come to the Lord way easier than older people come to the Lord. I was five years old when I came to the Lord. That's 62 years ago. It took... So you're going to see tonight, you're not too young. I mean, one or two is obviously too young, but five, six, seven, eight. You're not too old, doesn't matter how old. You're not too bad, doesn't matter what you've done. When Jesus came, he offered salvation to everybody. And by the way, we're already taken care of, you're not too good. That's impossible. So think about this. The wages, my sin will separate me from God forever. God doesn't want that. That's why in love, he sent Jesus. He didn't send the world, Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus Christ. But look at the rest of this verse. The wages of sin is death, but the, say it with me, the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Understand what that means. 
Now, I'm going to show you a gift. And uh, as soon as I do this, I'm losing all the kids. They're gone already. Because in a little bit, you want to go home and open these gifts. Right, kids? You're ready. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Okay. It's the same at every campus. We want, by the way, some of your older kids, you can't wait either. It's all right. Christmas, it's great. I want you to look at the gift. I don't want you to make a statement. I'll make a statement to you. When you and I receive a gift, it's free to us, but somebody paid for it. Did you get me? When we receive a gift, it's a gift. It's free to us. Somebody paid for it. What does this mean? Jesus, God's free gift. Well, it's a free gift to me. Watch. Because I can't earn it. I can never be good enough. It's a free gift to me. But it cost Jesus Christ everything. You see, he paid for my gift of salvation. That's what the cross is all about. On the cross, Jesus took your sin and my sin. It was placed on him. That's what separated him from the Father. So that when he was resurrected, he could go and we as a church could say to people, you can go to heaven. You can be forgiven. There's no greater privilege in all the world than me being able to say that to you. And I want you to look at me in the eyes for a moment. This is not a Christmas Eve service just to go through the motions. One day, you will die. And when you stand before God, is this how you're going to stand? Well, God, I did this, and I was a church member, and I gave money, and wow, I, I mean, I have talent. I taught a Sunday school class. Is that what you, were, you're going to be there? See, if, that, if that's true, zero chance of going to heaven. So tonight, it, this, isn't, this is not a game for me. This church, all our campuses, we're not about numbers. We're not about big buildings. We're about people knowing the truth and stop being confused and go to heaven with us. That's what we're about. Now understand, the only way, the only way you're going to go to heaven is this. There is no other way. Jesus himself said, it's very popular to say today, there's lots of ways to God. It's popular, but it's 100% wrong. Don't bet your life on somebody telling you something that is not true. Now, here's the issue. Let me put a verse up and show you. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I, how do I, how do I get this gift? What's that all about? Well, take a look at here, John 1.12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let's break that down for a moment. So if I want to become a believer, what do I have to do? First, I have to believe. Well, I have to believe what? Believe in his name. What is his name? Jesus, which means he saves. If I believe in that name, that means that I need to be saved. That means I know I'm a sinner. The first thing you have to understand is you're a sinner. All of us were born sinners. And then you're sorry enough for your sins that you're looking for somebody to save you. That's Jesus. Remember, he'll come to this earth and he'll save his people from their sins. Just make it very personal. He'll save you from your sins. So the first thing I have to do is believe. And believes, believe is not, it's actually a verb. It's not up here. It's here. And I believe enough to become a follower of Jesus Christ. 
I don't believe enough to get saved tonight, have God come and live in me, and uh, you'll see me at Easter, or you'll see me next Christmas uh, Eve again, and between now and then, God is not with you, there's nothing happening in your life, then you never got saved. But it goes on. After received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So I have to believe first, but the second thing I have to do is I have to receive. Now here's a gift, and if I put it up here and say to you, Anybody that wants to come tonight, I have a million of these. You take one, another one will pop up. You're going to have to come get it. You're going to have to what? Receive it. See, there's two things that I have to do. I have to believe and I have to receive the gift. God, thanks for saving me. I receive you into my life. The minute you do that, God does the third thing. We become children of God. Supernaturally, in an instant. I don't understand how it works, but it works. So tonight, will you stand before God in his grace when you die? Or by just believing on Jesus Christ who paid for your sins? Accept him, receive him, and begin following him. Do life with him. Or will you continue to be confused and frustrated and try to do life on your own, in your own wisdom, in your own direction, and try somehow to be good enough? This will never work. This always works. And that is why he's Emmanuel, God with us. But better when you receive the gift, it's God in us. He lives in you. So tonight, before we do the glow stick, before we do our two closing songs, which are going to be awesome, I want you to look at me for a moment. You can be sure when you leave this building, has nothing to do with the church, has nothing to do with me. But the Bible says, I can be sure, I know if I'm saved, if my sins are forgiven, and I'm going to heaven. I don't have to question it. There's no reason to question it. I can know. And that's because once you ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and come and live inside, that assurance will come to you. It's supernatural. It's God's part. I want to give you an opportunity right at the end. That's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your whole life. See, someday you will face God, either as your savior or as your judge. He wants it to be his savior. That's why he sent Jesus. I mean, he himself came here. But you have to choose. And as you're beginning to choose, all this confusion comes because there's an enemy, Satan. He's real. Just as real as God. And he's trying to say to you right now, well, wait till another day. Nice teaching, but wait till another day. No, you don't want to wait till another day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. See, you you already know what's happening. Some of you guys have been moving on your hearts. You say, well, there's people around. They're going to think you don't care what people think. When you stand before God, you're not standing with a group of people. You want to know what God thinks. And he loves you. God didn't send his son to earth so that we can put up a tree and give each other gifts. Pastor Mark told us that Jesus was God with skin on. God so desired a relationship with us, he knew this would be the only way to do it. He had to send his one and only son to earth, make himself known to the world, and then die on the cross for us so that our sins could be forgiven. When we believe this and receive this, then we can become Christ followers. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Be sure and tune in next time on Lessons for Living when Pastor Mark will continue to open God's Word to us and give us lessons that will help us to do life right. When we spend time in the Word together, we allow God to speak to us and teach us more about Himself. He desires us to grow closer and closer to Him through this kind of fellowship with Him. So stop by again and join us as we learn how to do life right. And again, on behalf of Pastor Mark, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, Lessons for Living, and the entire production team, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your